We are back. It is the last episode of, of season one, episode eight, called I Am He. We see Jesus um, and his disciples kind of finally take off. They finally take off on this journey, this disciple journey, this missionary journey, the, the journey, all these things that Jesus did. We, we kind of see them in the episode just take off. Really exciting. Kind of ends out the whole season um, and kicks off the whole TV series. Um, you know, season two, they've already finished it. They're, they're working on season three right now, prepping it. Um, anyway, uh, it's been really good just to sit down together, watch this together, talk about this together. Uh, and so we're going to do that one more time. Again, if you haven't watched episode eight, I recommend you go watch it. You don't have to, I guess, um, for all this, but um, it, it helps. Um, yeah, there, there's just a lot here. Um, I am he. This is kind of the, the story in, uh, oh, what is it? John chapter four, Jesus and the, the Samaritan woman um, and that encounter. And you have other little references throughout. We'll kind of mention a couple of them, but not all of them. Uh, maybe some scripture that you want to dig into that I recommend, man, just find some time and just read some of this. Genesis 33, 18 through 20. Um, you know, that's kind of Jacob in the well there. Uh, Genesis uh, 16, the story of uh, Hagar, or Hagar, however you say that. Um, I know it's kind of referenced here uh, in this episode. Matthew 9, 9 through 13. Uh, Luke 4, 38 through 39. John 4, 1 through 42. Uh, a couple other random ones here is Hosea 6, 6. And Daniel 7, 13 through 14. And we'll kind of look at a couple of these um, and some other things as well. But yeah, we, we get to see lots of cool moments uh, throughout this, this episode. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be curious to hear, you know, what stuck out to y'all, what, what um, moments in the episode stuck out to y'all. You know, I love uh, Matthew and Gaius and their relationship we get to see that party at Matthew's house. Uh, we get to see kind of the the created background of the Samaritan woman. Um, uh, probably one of my favorite parts in the episode uh, is where Jesus is talking with Eden and how that calling that Peter has is shared with her. And I think that is so powerful and empowering to so many people out there that feel like, you know, they're stuck behind the scenes and, 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 but it's, it, you know, they're part of it. Um, and, and Jesus includes everybody in his callings and missions and, and commission and, or whatever you want to call it. He, he calls us all and he carries us all. And anyway, that was just a really powerful scene. And then you finally get to see, you know, the Samaritan and Jesus woman, uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman encounter and the powerful moment of transformation and, and what's cool is they take that right there and they carry it over into next season. Um, but it's very powerful, very, very powerful um, stuff that we got to watch. So I want to just dive straight into this. And and there's a couple things that are just sitting on my heart that I want to share um, uh, about all this. You know, life can seem really crazy. If, if you were hanging out with us last night during our... Squad summer squad wars youth activities that we've been doing. 
Um, we hit a blast, you know, we made this slip and slide that goes down a hill and uh, a short hill and, and up a ramp into a pool. And I wasn't really sure it was going to work. I tested it out and it worked great, but you know, who knows? Um, but it was awesome. We had a blast. Uh, I had other things planned and prepared as well. Many of those didn't work. Um, and then about, you know, at the very beginning of all this, we, we, we meet and play for about an hour and a half these various games. And uh, this one was at my house. And then all of a sudden, my wife texted me and uh, or called me or something. She came out as well at some point and said that our AC went out. You know, this is the, the end of summer here, really the middle of summer. We have a newborn in our house. She's only four weeks old at this point, almost a month old. Um, and our AC goes out, which is, you know, all this, and, and, and we're having a, a church event, a youth event at our house at that very moment. Um, our dogs are stuck inside so that they don't bother everybody in the backyard. And then um, the AC guy comes over, and then we have something to do with the dogs. And all this is happening while I'm still trying to run an event, while we're trying to take care of a baby, while she's trying to take care of the baby at that point. Um, and, you know, crazy. Things are chaotic. And, and there's just so many moments, and there's been many of these moments, you know, in raising a kid, you know, we're brand new at this. This is our first kid, and there's been so many moments where, like, what do we do next? This, this doesn't fit into what I'm used to, and I'm exhausted, and I'm just discouraged, and I don't know what to do next. Um, man, it's, it's exhausting. It's crazy. And so, anyway, when we find ourselves in new places... Places that we're unfamiliar with, where it's uncomfortable, unpredictable, unknown. It can be scary, strange. It can be, like I said, uncomfortable, unpredictable. Yet, Jesus, he calls us to those places. You know, Jesus didn't call us for comfort and comfort alone. Yes, he, he gives us a lot. He's blessed us with a lot, usually. But surrendering to Jesus as Lord doesn't leave much room for things to stay the same. And, and, and here's kind of what I want to say about this. And I don't know. I feel like this is something we don't really think about too often. Is that when we surrender to Jesus, and if you haven't, man, I, I strongly encourage you to check Jesus out. Um you know, see what he has to offer you. But but when we surrender to Jesus and we're like, yes, I want to change. Yes, Jesus, change me, transform me. For some reason in our simple minds, we're like, yeah, this is going to be great because he's going to make me better in the areas I want him to make me better. And then the rest of my life gets to stay the same. And that's just not the case. When we surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior, it doesn't leave much room for things to stay the same, to, to stay the, the same, since he's committed to changing our hearts and our lives and also the whole wide world. Man, when, when we surrender to Jesus, things are going to be in a constant change. Because as God states and as he shares through his word, we're all sinners. We all fall short. And 
And so what makes us think that the lives that we built apart from Jesus need to stay, need to remain in order for Jesus to carry out? His, like that, it just doesn't make sense. We're just being stubborn. We're being, um, you know, we're not willing to to let go um, and allow things to change and experience this new thing. It's It's difficult. It's hard. Yet that's what Jesus wants of us. You know, the disciples in this episode and in Scripture, they were introduced to the concept of change. Yes, they've experienced some changes in life, but no, this is, this is a change of life itself. This is a calling to die to your old self and, and to take up a new self, a new self presented by Christ, a new self directed and led by Christ. And and it's it's a radical change. You know, for, for their... Uh, livelihood, they went from living in houses to pitching tents, from earning their own way to depending on Jesus to show them the way, spiritually and literally, since they were following him from town to town, um, from making plans for their lives to having no plan other than serving God for the rest of their lives. So much change. Change that can be scary. You know, when we experience some drastic change, it can be scary. You know, when we brought our, our daughter home, there's some scary moments where like, this is different. I don't know how to do this right now or yet. I don't know what this means. That's scary. And so here's a question I want you to just kind of reflect on just to start with. A tough one. You know, this episode's called I Am He. You know, he, he's, he, he reveals himself as the Messiah. This is the beginning of that um, kind of movement, in a sense. And when he revealed himself to you, and as he's revealing himself to you more and more each day, what new thing are you afraid Jesus might lead you to do? Reflect on that. What new thing are you afraid Jesus might lead you to do? And for many of us who have kind of been a Christian for a while, been living, trying to follow Jesus for a while, I feel like we are already, something already comes to mind. And let me, let me just read this question again. What new thing are you afraid Jesus might lead you to do? For many of us, again, I think something's already popping up into our head because at one point or another, we felt like we were led to do something, and we never did it. We never followed through. We got scared. We got cold feet. We backed out. We doubted ourselves and, and turned. I see this happen a lot uh, with many of the youth I've tried to disciple, many of the youth I've tried to pour into and speak uh, the truth of, of God's Word and of Jesus um, to them. There's one uh, person specifically that comes to mind, and I remember their story. You know, they were a rising sports star, um, in, in some ways, at least in their family. And, and and I remember this person specifically feeling a calling from God, and it wasn't at camp, it wasn't at Dean. Now this was just throughout a period of time where they were walking with 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 their lord and they felt a specific calling and at one point they opened up and started sharing their doubts and their 
their choices here that, man, they could either either continue playing the sports or, or have to quit and pursue something else, giving them the opportunity to pursue, pursue what God was calling them to. And I remember that person starting to back out, get that cold feet. And God put a message on my heart to share with them. It was the, the story of Moses. You know, Moses got this calling and, you know, he kind of does this over and over again. At the very beginning of his calling, he makes a bunch of excuses. And so now it's a shared calling with Aaron and he can't just do it alone as God wanted him to do. God wanted Moses to be the person to, to help the Israelites out of Egypt. Well, now it's Moses and Aaron. Um, not that it's about the glory or anything like that, but God wanted Moses in a special position that Moses was rejecting. And so his path changed. Um, it was different. Uh, it was it was altered. This calling was lessened in a sense. Here's a here's a better example. God said, "Hey Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt and take them to the promised land that I have for them." Well, along the way, Moses disobeys and chooses other than God, and God's like, "Look." Because of your choice, the plan has changed. It's altered. You're going to continue leading, but you're not going to go into this promised land. And, and that's the, the message I had for the student is, look, God can still use you, even if you choose to go the, the, the wrong direction in a, sense, in a sense. But he's going to use you differently. God has an amazing plan, amazing opportunities for you if you choose him now but if you don't choose him now he can still use you he still will carry you he still will lead you but it's going to be different and much of the abundance and, and, and crazy opportunities and excitement that he had for you it's going to be different it's going to be changed and so again that, that just sticks out to me that, that question what new thing are you afraid Jesus might lead you to do because more than likely, whatever that is that's popping up in your mind, he's probably already called you to it. And maybe not, maybe not. But, man, we need to be more sensitive and aware and, and willing to, to hear his words, his callings, and to, to jump on them. I know I do. I need to be more aware of that. Anyway, so um, that's just a good question just to start us off. I think it's really, really good. Um, but throughout this study, uh, uh, we've been going through Isaiah 43, you know, about the, in the old Testament with, uh, the Israelites and, and let's just read it. Let's, uh, we're in Isaiah 43. We, we've gone through verses one through 15 already. Um, I, I really do suggest, man, spend some time in that passage just for you. Read that to yourself and, and, and let God speak to you through that passage. It's so powerful. But today we're in verses 16 through 19, and here's what it says. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lay down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. And this is what God says. Thus says the Lord, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing... A new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers 
in the desert. Isaiah 43, verse 16 through 19. Um, here's what's interesting is the, the beginning of this uh, passage God's kind of reminding the Israelites and you see this through the Old Testament a, a call to remember a call to uh, remember what God has done to recall what God has done to uh, share what God has done and so you see um, often references of God making away the sea um, through these mighty waters and, and crushing the chariots and horse and army and warriors and, and setting his people free, bringing them out of Egypt and so many other miracles. There's a recalling of these things because it's important to remember. But here's what's interesting. Right um, in, in verse 18, it says, stop remembering the former things. Stop remembering, don't consider... Um, these old things. God is saying, hey, stop. Forget about all that real quick. And then he goes on in verse 19 saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Are you not aware of it? Do you not perceive it? I will even make a roadway. I will make a, a, a path, a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This is so important because while we are called to remember, we're not called to get stuck in the past. We're not called to ignore the present and the future. See, God is asking, he was asking his people to follow the one who does new things, who forges new, new paths and carries his chosen people along. Not just in the past, but now that God carries his people along now. We've been asking the question, what does it mean to be chosen? As we've watched this series, and it's been a great question guiding us into our own uh, walk with Jesus, our own discipleship. What does it mean for me to be a disciple, to be a chosen child of his? And so we've been asking that, and we've explored many answers, many answers, and, and, and actually I'll... I'll you know, remind us of those uh, real quick. You know, first off, what does it mean to be chosen? It means that you are called. You're called by him to follow him. It means that you rest. That you're called to rest, to trust in him. It means that you are cherished, cherished by an incredible God who deeply loves you um, and, and, and rejoices in you. It, it means that you change course. What does it mean to be called? It means you change course. You were going one way. Well, now it's time to go a different way. God is calling you into something new. It means that you are a witness, that you're called not only to follow him, to change course, to rest in him and be cherished by him, but you're to share that with others. Um, you are a witness. Lessons, uh, uh, what does it mean? Uh, episode six, lesson six. Um, what does it mean to be chosen? You are made new. No longer old, but new. You're, you're being transformed, made new, made in the likeness of his image. And, and, and last week we said you are established, that God, man, he puts you in solid places. He, he makes you being able to stand. He, he gives you everything you need to establish you in him so that nothing can knock you down. You are established. And this week, what does it mean to be chosen? You are carried. You are carried. 
He carries us. And here's what I mean by that. I want to read a a different passage, uh, just parts of it real quick. In Luke chapter 9, you know, he got the disciples together. It says that he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, you know, don't take anything with you, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money. And don't have backup tunics, jackets, whatever. And wherever you go, just stay there. And from there, that's where you'll go from. And wherever they don't receive you, when you leave that town, shake the dust off your feet. And then the disciples, they went. They went throughout all these towns and villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Here's what's crazy about this. They were experiencing a new thing, a change in lifestyle. Then all of a sudden, Jesus looks at them and says, look, it's time for you to do this. Time for you to have the faith to look forward, to literally move forward. And by doing so, put your faith into action. Faith that Jesus could be trusted when he gave very specific instructions. When he calls us into something, that he could be trusted. They had faith that God would indeed provide for their needs as they served him. Faith that he would continue to teach and grow them spiritually, enabling them to do more than they'd ever thought possible. Faith that the strength of the one who parted the Red Sea would be more than, would more than compensate for their weaknesses on the journey. Faith that just as God carried the nation of Israel, he would carry them. See, there's no other way to make that work. If they wanted to go with Jesus, they had to leave their old way of doing things behind. They had to relinquish control and trust him to fill in the gaps. And he did. Now you take Mary, for example. He carried her. Jesus carried her through the hard times, through the healing, through the restoration, and through the 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 opportunity of of being able to follow him and and share Jesus to others and be a witness to a story. You know, we see Nicodemus, and and that scene probably strikes me the most in maybe the whole series so far, is just not being able to come around that corner, not being able to take that step and just go with Jesus. You know, what, what if what if Jesus asked you to do what he asked the disciples here in Scripture? Hey, it's time for you to leave everything behind. Don't take any extra money. Leave your wallet at home, your license at home, your ID. Uh, you're not taking any extra shoes, not any extra gas, nothing. You're just going to walk out your door and what you're wearing already, and you're going to, well, maybe you need to, get ready to go out in public so you don't get in trouble or whatever. But uh, you're going to hop in your car, whether it's full of gas or not. You know, usually it seems like our cars are on empty all the time. And you're going to go, and you're going to share the gospel. You're going to change lives through Jesus. Are you willing to go? There's, and, and he doesn't say how long it's going to take. He's like, no, you're... you're this, this isn't just a one-hour run an errand and come back home. No, you're going. You're leaving town until he says come back. And immediately, when these questions come to mind, well, I can't do that. I have a job. I have to be there tomorrow. I have, I have a family. I have to 
you know, figure that out first. You know, I have to get a babysitter. Um, no, I have I have responsibilities at church. I'm a deacon. I'm a pastor. I'm I'm on the worship team. I'm on, you know, you know. We immediately start coming up with excuses, and we never walk around the corner. We might be doing good things, just as Nicodemus was. You know, he's trying to share the truth of God to to people that won't accept it. Yet, did he miss out on something greater? I don't know. I mean. This whole backstory is kind of made up, but it could be very plausible. I mean, and it's real for us. Are you willing to come around that corner? Will you go with Jesus? It's powerful, something to think about. You know, Matthew, he decided to go around the corner. He left everything, his house, his logic, his his familiarity, his comfortability, he left it all to go on the road with some teacher because he believed that this teacher guy, that this Jesus guy could really make a difference. Simon, man, he had all the excuses in the book and he used them all throughout the show and he kept using them, but he was willing to leave. And Eden was willing to support that. And it's just crazy for me to think that sometimes, often, Jesus calls us to these extremes and he expects us to respond. Jesus carried them and he can carry you. See, he doesn't ask us to make our own way. He asks us to allow him to lead and equip and provide. Yet it often still feels like so much is required of us because in truth, so much is. Just like his early followers, his disciples, we have to put our faith in Jesus and follow him with our whole hearts. It can be hard since it means giving up our own plans, our goals, all the predictability and familiarity that, that comes with it, the comfortable lifestyle that we've gotten used to, but also like his disciples, on our own, we can do nothing. All that we can do is surrender and follow where Jesus leads. He's the one actually doing everything, fundamentally, cha- fundamentally changing us from the inside out. And just as God made a way through the wilderness and rivers through the desert in the Old Testament days, and just as Jesus made the lame to walk and the blind to see in the New Testament, so too he is still making a way today. Indeed, the God of miracles is not just a thing of the past. He's doing new things in and through us right now building his kingdom, accomplishing his goodwill, his perfect will from the beginning of time to the end. See, nothing is too big for him to handle, which means nothing is too big for those of us who are in his care. We belong to the living God and we are carried by his son. What does it mean to be chosen? It means you are carried. So will you allow yourself to be carried? Will you surrender to him?
drop what you're doing, drop what what you've done, and whatever he's calling you to do, do it. Because he's going to carry you the whole way. Again, it doesn't mean it's easy or anything like that. No. But it's better. So much better. It's a powerful episode. Um, the whole season. I love how it ends. And to me, this is really important, especially for where our church is at these days and, and so many others are at, so many uh, congregations, families of God. It ends with this kind of uh, place of come and see. You know, this woman runs back to town, come and see what I've just discovered. So first, are you going to go? Are you going to go look? Are you going to say yes to Jesus and go and see what he has for you? And then second, how are you telling the world, telling your city to come and see? Man, we need to be doing that. I hope some of this can challenge you. I hope that you're encouraged that you have a God that's willing to carry you, that you have a Savior that will carry you. Not only does he call you, but he carries you. Um, you're, you're, you're a people of his that he's called, but he also carries. And that's so, so important to remember that, you know, when, when Jesus has this great, massive commission to go into the world, make disciples of the whole world, baptizing in the name, you know, this, this huge, magnificent calling, it can make us feel very small. But we have a God that's, man, more than capable to provide, to equip, to empower, and, and, and to carry us to where we need to be and what we need to be doing. Will you trust in him and allow him to do that for you? Let me pray for you. Thank you for joining us during all this. And, and man, keep finding ways to, to follow Jesus, to fall in the dust of his feet. So, God, we just thank you for your promise to keep and to carry us as your chosen people, those in Christ. And so Jesus being in you, being the founder and perfecter of our faith, continue changing us from the inside out, me from the inside out, make me, make us more like you every day. Help, help us to do the hard things in your name and, and in your power. That same power that part of the Red Sea Help us to just say yes to, to your callings. God, give us opportunities to say yes. And God, just thank you. We praise you for allowing us to be part of, of building your kingdom. As so many others have been able to be a part to. God, may we be a part together. We are one church with one God, and that's you. So God, we thank you, and we ask that in Jesus' name you keep carrying us as you always have been it's in your name lord that we pray amen again thank you it's been a good journey um i'm not 100 percent sure what's next we might not uh we might have a couple weeks off on the podcast um but we'll we'll see um keep digging into the word keep chasing jesus and and keep experiencing shalom that that peace that presence that comes from him so that's it see you later